Hi guys, I'm Heather, and you're listening to the Digimommy Podcast, a place where we talk about pushing back screen time to reclaim family time. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Thanks for being here. Hi guys, welcome to the Digimommy Podcast. It's Heather here, and today I have a very special guest. My friend Shannon is here, um, and she's going to share with us about creating invitations to play. So Shannon, thank you for coming today. Yay, it's so great to be here. Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, sure. My name is Shannon and I am an early childhood teacher. I'm passionate about teaching children about sustainability and using loose parts and creating lovely spaces for children to play in. I'm a mum of three children and I have also taught um, in Guangzhou, China, London, England, and Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yes, and Shannon also has a blog now that she started. I do. Yes. It is called I've Got Pockets. www.ivegotpockets.com, I think. Yes. Um, where I share little gems of life as a teacher. Yay! Shannon is such an amazing person. She's just like a resource basket full of wonderful stories and she's so inspirational to me as a mom and as a friend. So I'm very excited that you're going to be sharing with us all today. Oh, thanks, Eva. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've got two questions to start with. Do you have some book recommendations for us? I do. I think I will start with a book for adults, yep. which is um, by an author named James Bowen. And he's actually written several books. The first one is called A Street Cat Named Bob. And I love it because um, it's basically his autobiography. Um, and he was a homeless guy on the streets of London. Oh, wow. And um, he was addicted to drugs and all sorts of things. He just wasn't in a good place. And it's kind of a redemptive story mm. about how this cat... Bob, Bob came into his life wow. and changed his life and um, because he felt responsible for the cat yeah. he um, did loads of things to change his lifestyle and um, has become a successful author now and his wow. books have been turned into movies as well so um, it's just a really cool story of yeah. um, just how meaningful that little interaction between him and this cat then became this whole um, other journey for for what his life could be hmm. yeah so it's a goodie that's really and cool. I actually used to see him busking on the streets of London when I lived there wow. I didn't know the story at that time yeah um, but I'd seen him there with his cat and things like wow. that and so it was quite neat to then come across his books yeah like, oh I remember that guy that's amazing it's so very it's Tabby really McTat cool. also like yeah. me you know that wow that's yeah. really amazing that's cool I've never heard of it that's good. Go. Thank you. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. And I couldn't decide between two different children's books. That's so right. You can I'd have bring two. them all. You and actually, have. like, um, they're all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yes. So it was very difficult. I almost bought my whole bookshelf with me today. <laughs> but no. I love that. <laughs> um, so I've got this one here called Grandpa's Slippers. It's a classic Kiwi story. Um, the author is Joy Watson. Mm. And this story has been delighting children in New Zealand wow. for generations. I think that it was made in the written in the nineteen eighties. So I grew up with it. Yeah. And um, it is. Have you seen it before? I think my, I think 
Whitney got it for oh, her good. uncle when he became a grandpa. Wonderful. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Wonderful. So, um, but I haven't read it. It's just a sweet little story about um, grandpa who loves his old slippers Aww. and grandma who desperately wants him to get rid of them. And so <laughs> she does all sorts of things throughout the story to hide them and try right. and give them away and get rid of them. And he keeps saying, no, Aww. they're so comfortable. And so it's sort of just the journey of... Yeah. Um, of of him and his slippers. Yes. Yes. So it's a lovely wee story. Aww. And slippers. yes, Grandpa's Slippers by Joy Watson. And this one is um I love this book. This is a book that I gift to everyone who has a birthday. Mm. Um, every child that has a birthday. <laughs> All your friends. <laughs> um so it is called Kind and the a few things that I love about it is um, that one, that it was um, made as a fundraiser for a charity in the UK that provides practical support for people who are going to the UK with um, uh, due to refugee status. Mm, okay. And um, it is a wonderful book about teaching children how to practically be kind mm. and how to, you know, what kindness looks like in mm, action. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a collection of authors contributed to it. So mm-hmm. there's about 40 or 38 different illustrators. When I say authors, I mean illustrators. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, different illustrators that contributed. So each page has a different um, illustrator illustrating mm-hmm. it. And so there's loads of famous ones, um, like the um, Axel Scheffler, who illustrated the Gruffalo mm-hmm. books. As well as um, a variety of different um, illustrators there as well. And I just love it. It's so beautiful. Yes. Get this one. That's a good one. (laughs) And it's not actually got a author. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So I'm not really sure uh, what that's all about. But it has got a forward by Axel Scheffler in the front. So I guess if you searched up kind and Axel. Axel Scheffler. Yeah, it'll come up. You will find it. You'll find <laughs> it. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Shannon. Take Shannon's it. always introducing me to new like authors and books because having like the 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 British New Zealand culture of all of those books, mm-hmm. I don't I didn't have all of those same ones growing up. So it's always fun to yeah, hear and you're them, introducing so. me to new authors. Yes, as well. that's right. So what a great friendship we have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today, um, I wanted to talk. I, I wanted Shannon to tell you guys about invitations to play because invitations to so that's our let's talk about for for today is let's talk about invitations to play. So Shannon, tell us what is an invitation to play? An invitation to play is um, intentionally setting up an environment either at home or in your early childhood setting or your school mm-hmm. um, that encourages children to want to play here that Mm -hmm. makes them want to explore those resources that you have set up Mm -hmm. so um, rather than um, putting out a box of blocks just the box of blocks on the on the carpet in your lounge room you've set up a specific um, invitation for the child to actually want to come and play with them so maybe you've created a castle yourself you've added Mm -hmm. a book in there that Mm -hmm. might um, relate to making castles or building things um or whatever not um there's actually a really great book um by robert Robert louis stevenson actually Mm. oh yeah um which is um using blocks to create um this 
sort of like kingdom tower world, which I like to often oh, set yeah. up with the blocks. So you've created something that the child is like, oh, look at that. That's a tower that I could mm. knock over or add to mm-hmm. or, you know, it's given me some inspiration. Yeah. I want to come and sit here and I want to to do something else with this. Yes. You've mm-hmm. sort of started the activity, so then they want to yes. do it instead of just having to come up with the it's an invitation to yes. play. Yes. yes. That's that's so good. I was just thinking as you were saying that, like sometimes when we're at the beach, the girls won't want to build a sandcastle. But if I was to set it all out and maybe even start digging a little bit, then they would it would help them break the ice sort of. Yeah. Then they'd be more likely to wanna keep playing in the sand. Yeah. Um, how did you learn about invitations to play? Um, so I guess the concept of invitations to play has been a part of my teaching career all my mm. life. Um, but the actual term of invitations to play has been around probably around 12 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. I first um, heard that phrase at a um, workshop that I went to at Auckland University. Um, yeah, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and they were talking about um, creating invitations to play and also the um, sort of mm, motto of uh, beautiful things thoughtfully placed mm. is, um, was something else that oh, I, I love that. at that yeah. same yeah. Um, workshop. And so those yeah invitations to play and beautiful things thoughtfully placed work mm. together really well because... Um, beautiful things thoughtfully placed honors that children um, should be allowed to play with beautiful mm. things and so maybe rather than having a um, plastic tea set you've got one from the op shop that cost you two dollars that's actually real things yeah um, and it's trusting children with mm. beautiful real things mm. and so it actually naturally lends itself to the invitations to play because right. you're putting things beautiful things thoughtfully placed within your invitations Right, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yes, I think that's really. I think you were one of the first people to teach me that that you can give children real things, Mm. you can give them a real teacup, you can give them, you know, real wooden things that are heavy and hammers and you know those kinds of things within reason, right? Um, And that they learn from giving. You give them that responsibility, then they feel like, oh, maybe I can do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So can you give us some, I think the first time I learned about invitations to play is you had posted a picture of a teddy bear picnic oh, yes. that you had set up yeah. in one of your classrooms, I think when you were living in China. Yeah. Um, can you give us some examples of invitations to play that you might set up for like different ages of kids? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, an invitation that I've recently set up for my one-year-old mm. who has just started taking um, interest in different animals. I set up a little farm invitation for him to play. So mm. just on a low table, I put um, a, what's that stuff called? Fake grass, astroturf. Yeah, um, yes. I've got a big piece of that that I put out. And I've got a farm uh, barn mm-hmm. and some different farm animals and things like that. And a few books that um, go along with that. So um, I've just got it all set up in a nice Way and he was able to just be like, oh, what's that? That's new. I haven't seen that before. And came along and, um, and has enjoyed playing with it. My mm. older children, I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old as well, they have also really loved it. And they've added to it by like creating 
paddocks um, and stalls inside of the barn using mm. blocks and stuff like that and um, you know putting all the pigs in one um, area and all the cows in another area and all the sheep in another area so they have sort of added on to it um, as well for their for themselves so that's an example of one for mm. uh, maybe a toddler mm-hmm. um, I like to um, so an invitation to play could be um, an invitation to write, an invitation to draw, mm. an invitation to read, an invitation to mm-hmm. explore this, an invitation to create with that. So there's lots of different kind of um, language that you can use around it. So an invitation to read, for example, could be um, a book that you've got. So my grandpa's slippers book. Uh, I might have the book set up, um, have some cushions, a little rug out, um, and some props from the story oh. for the children to like um, manipulate as mm. they're reading the story, as they're, as they're playing. So have some old slippers um, and some of the other things that are in the story. Um, one that I do enjoy um, would be the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, yeah. And so then, you know, you might get out all of the different kinds of food that goes with mm. with the Very Hungry Caterpillar and and the other um, the other aspects of the character as well um, for the children to manipulate as they're reading the story. Um, an invitation to explore maths, for example, if a child is really interested in um, numbers, um, you might go to the beach or the garden and collect a whole bunch of rocks and then write numbers on them from 1 up to 20 or whatever the case. Have them in a little basket, have a clipboard with some paper on it and some pencils, have some other maths related things maybe a measuring tape maybe um what are those things you stand on that tells you how much you weigh oh, scale. scales yeah. um those kinds of things you know any sort of like mm. maths related things a mm-hmm. calculator um a number line just different things mm-hmm. that you might just have out on a table for the for the child to be like oh what's this and what could I do with that and you know what happens when I press those buttons on mm. the calculator or whatever not, um, as a way for them to begin exploring mm-hmm. that. Um, you might have a, a number line with the numbers pegged up on the number line and you might muddle them all up so that they're all in the wrong order. Uh-huh. And so then that's sort of like creating an opportunity for the child to put the numbers in order if they wanted to. Right. Um, an invitation to paint. Perhaps you've got a... Um, uh, a table set up with a little provocation like a bunch of flowers in a vase for the, that or whatever it is that you know the child might be interested in a lego statue that um they could use the paint to you know um, create um a picture of, of of what's there um so you've got your you know your jar of water and your watercolors and your pens and pencils and all the all the things just set up nicely um, yes. in a way that's not messy but mm. it's just um yeah, just nicely set up um, to encourage the child to then want to come to that space to play there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would like to move into your house, I think, <laughs> is what I would like to do. <laughs> because I love you. You've just got all of these ideas just right on, just right on the edge of your you know, fingertips to create. So how often would you make an invitation to play for your kids at home? And, um, and then how long would you leave it up for? Or does it just depend? Yeah, it just depends. So it depends on lots of things, like how much yeah. time I have. Right. Um, and whatever's going on um, in life. But I do try to do something um, maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I leave it out for as long as the children are still mm-hmm. engaging with it. So yeah. sometimes that will last for a long time. Mm-hmm. And other times, 
they've played with it nothing right <laughs> no times and so then it's Zero like times. okay this this one hasn't worked very well <laughs> they have rsvp'd no to this invitation <laughs> yeah yeah yes um and so yeah I, I would just go based on um yeah sort of following my kids lead and if they haven't touched that for a few days then I might just take it all away and not put anything out for a little while mm. um yeah and I yeah. always would base things off um, what my ch- children were interested in mm-hmm. uh, because that's always a great starting point mm-hmm. is you know my child is interested in Lego so I can create yeah. something with mm-hmm. Lego um, what I would do around a Lego invitation to play um, could be having a nice mapped out one that doesn't have a busy background mm-hmm. because Lego itself is busy and right. so if you put busy things onto a busy mat yes. it kind of all gets lost in it does that make sense yes um, and by mat, you mean like a piece of fabric? Yeah, a piece or, of fabric or yeah. a picnic blanket mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, a, a um, you know, a woolen blanket that you put on the bed or um, anything like that. Just as a, that creates a defined space mm-hmm. that it goes on and children are more likely to contain it to that space than if you put it on the carpet out there and mm-hmm. then it could just go everywhere because right. there isn't a defined space for it to be. Yes. It also helps for tidy up because then you can just like ball it all up and then shake it into, yeah, that's back true. into the container. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe have some, I like to add elements of books and writing into hmm. almost everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have like a clipboard with a pencil so that the children could um, draw a picture of what they wanted to create mm-hmm. first. My son Angus loves that's a good idea. Um, doing that. He'll create yeah. all these elaborate things. He's also recently started... Um, writing down how many of each Lego piece he thinks he might need oh, wow. to create what he wants to create. He's so, being a designer. Yeah. 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 Um, and I've also, over the years, collected quite a few books about Lego, um, mm. which would probably be easily accessible at um, yeah. the library and things as well. Um, and so I would normally have a few of those books sort of set up around as well, so mm-hmm. that if you wanted to get some inspiration by having right. a look through then um, that can be fun too then that's already there mm. for him he doesn't have to yeah. go find the pencil he doesn't yeah. have to go find a piece of paper he doesn't yeah. have to go find books it's all yeah. set so up for him set up yes yeah. that's awesome it makes me so excited because it's such a fun thing to be able to do as a mom to be able to create these invitation all right so what about older kids so let's say you've got a preteen or a teenager what kind is there could could you create an invitation to play for an older child. Yeah, I think that you could. I don't have older children myself, so I haven't actually tested out any of these ideas yet. <laughs> However... Um, you can make one for Damo. <laughs> yeah, I actually did talk to Damo, um, oh, yeah. who is um, a youth worker that lives with us, um, and he hangs out with lots of teenagers. So I was like, so mm. what are some of the things that teenagers are interested in these days to try and sort of get some creative ideas flowing? Mm. And um, he suggested that um, that younger teenagers mm-hmm. um, would probably be really interested in things like board games mm. and so I'm like oh, how could you create like a board game kind of invitation to play and I think it would actually be really easy and quite mm. lovely again with your rug mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have a thing about like setting things up on rugs or a yes. table or, or whatever um, 
and maybe you've got one of those big Connect Four, you know, slightly bigger Connect Four mm, um, mm-hmm. ones, which you can buy from Kmart for forty dollars. Oh, the good to know. <laughs> um, and maybe you'd have a little basket on each side with the colours of the things. Maybe you'd have a drink and a, some snacks and things oh, for yeah. you. You know that. You know, just to create a little bit of um, an ambient kind of mm-hmm. space where, yeah, kids are like, ooh. I'd like to go and hang out there. I want to play there. Yes, I'm yeah. drawn here by this popcorn, and now I'm going to stay and play the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good um, idea. Another idea um, that I had around um, creating a reading nook. I'm really passionate about mm. kids reading for, like mm-hmm. forever, um, mm-hmm. and that they would develop a lifelong love of books. Mm. Um, and hopefully, the school system doesn't squash that out of them over yes. time because that's the um, danger sometimes. Mm. Um, and so, maybe for your your early teen you might have a space set up in your lounge room or in a certain area that has a nice comfy armchair and you've got a basket of the kinds of books that your Mm. kid likes to read Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what they are like if they're Mm. graphic novels that's okay if they're you know whatever the kinds of Mm -hmm. books are that your child um might engage with like Mm. just put them in there and yeah, have a, again have a basket of snacks, and um, you know if it's winter, have a rug, a blanket there, mm. and a hot water bottle, um, and that kind of thing, mm. so that it becomes this like cozy space that mm. you know you want to just go and chill out when you get home from school in yes. the afternoon. Yeah, and even if it's only ten minutes a day that they're hanging out in that spot, yeah. Like, that's ten minutes of wonderful reading time. So. Yes, and you're teaching, you're kind of teaching them like self-care skills because yeah. if if you know if that is something that is a habit you know all oh, after school I sit and have my little cozy reading time then even when they're older when they're away at university or you know as an adult they might then learn to create yeah. that space for themselves yeah. because they've been taught how to do it and they know sort of what elements they need you know to have that little cozy reading time which is yeah. really yeah hmm that's good and we talked about baking too didn't we yes, that yes. that could be a good for sort of Preteens and yeah, young teens, yeah, definitely, mm. and that's also teaching them um, valuable life skills of mm. how to bake or how to yes. prepare dinner or mm. yes. um, whatever the case may be. And that age child could um, almost do that independently, mm. um, you know, with some experience. And you know, they've got a friend over. You know, we can do some baking together, mm-hmm. and you set it up so that all the things that they need mm-hmm. are there and um, that's the invitation, it's mm-hmm. in the kitchen and you've, um, yeah, you've set them up with um, something really fun to do. Yes, it, like I think if my mom would have done that growing up, I would have been like, this is our cooking show, you know, and yes. you can kind of like, you know, they could do baking, they could do cooking, they could, you know, that would be really fun because on, you know, mm. cooking shows, it's already ready for you, yeah. you know, you just have to put it together and... It's baking and cooking. It's almost like Lego in some ways. Yes. You know, you put the ingredients together in this way. And then you had said something earlier, too, um, about process cooking. Oh, uh, yes. Mm. So that is where um, once children have had some experience with um, baking, um, they get to know the job of each of the different ingredients mm. um, and what kinds of things to put into baking. Mm-hmm. So that then they can do start to do process baking, which is um, basically making up your own recipes. Mm. And I've done this with very young children um, and primary age children. Um, and it works really well if you are happy to give children the opportunity to fail. Mm. Um, if 
if they do, eh? yeah. and, and that's okay, mm-hmm. um, because they're they're learning different things and they're figuring it out. I once um, made a recipe with a group of children that they thought um, one cup of baking powder would be a good idea, um, and instead of being like, no, what are you doing? That's not a good idea. Um, I was like, okay, let's give it a try and see. Yeah. And we gave it a try and it was like exploded everywhere and tasted awful. Um, <laughs> which was okay. Yeah. Because then the next time that they that they did baking, they thought about some other recipes that we mm. had done in the past and were like, oh, um, and those recipes are only two teaspoons of baking powder. Maybe if we do something like that, it might turn out to be more successful. And it was. And it so, was. You know? Yes. Um, and they learned what baking powder does. Yeah. Like now they exactly. know that if you put lots of baking powder in, they know, like what you were yeah. saying, the role of that ingredient. Yes. And so now they know because, you know, yeah. yeah. I did that when we were first married. I made cupcakes for Dan and I used two tablespoons of baking powder instead of two teaspoons. And they like grew huge in the oven and then like shrunk down and then burned. And I was like, you know, we'd been married like two weeks. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Tried to make him nice cupcakes, and it, so I learned that time about big. But if I would have learned it when I was younger, no. <laughs> but yes, no, it's good now. Now we know, so that's good. Giving them opportunities yeah. to try things, and that's how yeah. we learn in a safe environment. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's really important. Yeah. So we were going to talk too. I wanted to ask you about um, some more elements. Um, oh, here we go. Before I do that, I'll say. Let's say someone is a beginner to invitations to play. Yes. So they've never done an invitation to play before. So where would they start? Would you say go get some of these things? Would you say, you know, sort of where do you begin Hmm. if you want to start creating these for your family? I would begin with my child's interests Hmm. and go from there and just start small. Um, Books is always a really good place to start Hmm. um, because it's quite easy. You've got lots of them on your bookshelf already. Um, and just using the resources that you have already in a way um, that children will want to play with them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So um, being just thinking about um, when you look at an area, mm-hmm. do I want to go and play there? Mm-hmm. Do I want to, you know, would, yeah. I, would I want to have a look at that? Yeah. Because if you aren't interested then children probably aren't going to be um, necessarily interested either um and so yeah just about just be intentional about what you what you put where um based on the kids interests because Mm -hmm. that's where they're more likely to come and play with it if they're into um baby dolls and play Mm. and you've got you've just got a big basket full of stuff that's all just a big mess right they're less likely to want to come and engage in that space then maybe if you've got a few things set out mm-hmm. um, nicely um, that children will want to um, get involved with. Right. So it sounds like you said there's a few. So you start with the child's interest. Yes. And then you said you try to make a writing element, yes. something like that, um, some sort of book element, yeah. and then um, something to mark the space. Yeah. Like whether it's like a mat or a table or something yes. where they can say, this is where this activity is taking place. Is yeah, that, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. those absolutely. are the sort of basic elements you would probably start with. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So I was wondering if you could give us a definition of loose parts play and then also open-ended toys. Sure. So loose parts play is um, are open-ended resources, actually, because okay. they're not um, designed for just one 
thing. So an example of um, a toy or a play resource that is not open-ended is um, play food, for example. Mm -hmm. So you've got your play food and that is what it's what you use it for. Like mm -hmm. you don't really use it for anything else except for um, that kind right, of like it's a, it's a plastic banana or a wooden banana or whatever yeah. and that's that's what it is yeah yeah that's what it is whereas um loose parts would be things which could be used for play food mm -hmm. but could be used for all sorts of other things as well um and um so some examples of things that you might have if you have loose parts you might have some cut up rounds of um wood Right uh, in there, yes. and those could be used for sandwiches, or they could be mm. buns, or or mm -hmm. play food type things. But they could also be um, construction stuff. Right, they could be yes. used for making towers. They could be used for creating a repeating pattern on the ground, mm -hmm. or um, you know, um, all sorts of different things you could yes. use um, that particular resource for. Um, I like to add in some pipes and sticks and things like that. Um, rocks. Um, uh, what are those lids off like milk bottles and mm, things like yes, that? Yeah. Um, marbles, small stones, um, all sorts of different things. Wooden frames that I was going to donate to the charity shop. Remove the glass out of them, and then oh. you know you've got the the wooden frames you could use baskets and scarves and pieces of fabric mm -hmm. that can be used for all sorts of different things and all mm -hmm. sorts of different creative ways um, that different children will use them for. It was quite interesting at um, church yesterday afternoon. We had uh, a morning tea for new people mm. and I had put out a little basket of um, of of things um which was mostly to keep my toddler busy mm -hmm. but the older children there were some eight nine year olds mm. um who were coming along and they gravitated towards that space oh. and um they had all the scarves and things and they put them in pots and pans and they were whisking them up with the oh, with the wow. whisk and all this um and so they had created this um a lovely like baking kind of theme out of these um resources that I had just got out mm. for my toddler to just you know um, keep him busy and quiet while they were talking at the at the meeting so um, it was a really beautiful yes. example of the way that they um, they utilized those things in a way that was totally their mm. own that, yes. you know it was just totally child-led and they just mm. did what they wanted with them yes and there would have been hundreds of ways that they could have done that whereas if you'd set up a kitchen like only you know yes. some, you know then they might not have had so many options of what they could yeah. do. Yeah. And if you had that same basket of things and the same group of children, they might do something different next time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Um, can you tell about, you have a little basket for Archie. Yes. Of like loose toys, loose yes. parts. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell us what kinds of things you put in there? Um, pretty much anything that's not an actual toy. Um, right. So that is called heuristic play, which is basically just gives children the opportunity to explore... Um, explore real life things mm. so in um, one that we have at home I've got some lids off jars um, in there and I've got some um, little lace doily a little lace doily I've got a piece of knitting I've got a wooden spoon I've got a spoon just out of the cupboard I've got a pot I've got um, all sorts of different bits and pieces mm. from just around the house, a pine cone from out of the garden, and um, 
yeah, just different things that have different textures for mm, him to mm-hmm, explore. Um, mm-hmm. Things that are safe for him to obviously explore with his right. mouth too. Um, yeah. So making sure that you're not putting really small things in is key and mm. things that are not toxic. Um, mm. But yeah, pretty much the kitchen is a really great place to start for mm. um, that because there's so many different things that you could put in. Um, true heuristic play wouldn't have plastic items in mm. there, mm-hmm. but um, that's not like yes. <laughs> necessarily a bad thing. I often put CDs in um, because oh, they yeah. create quite a neat um, play with the light and right. um, reflection and things. Yeah, you've got um, and a mirror you could pop in there as well. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of different little bits and bobs you could you could include. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm. The other day I was having a meeting with Shannon and she pulls out this little basket of things for um, Archie to play with. He's about one, right? Yeah. And um, and it was like it was such fun, you know, so many different textures and things, and he just happily was playing with it. And I was like, oh, that's amazing because we think we need all of these, you know, specific toys and things, but actually babies are humans and they they like human things mm. like wooden spoons and that kind of thing so and isn't it true too that children will so often gravitate towards like the remote control yeah <laughs> rather than true. the basket of toys you've set up yeah as well i do true. have an old playstation um controller in his basket at the oh moment. yeah yeah try and convince him that it's it's a good thing for him to play with rather than the actual yes, one. Than the actual one. <laughs> yes that's right and kids like playing with you know old like it can do, they'd have old phones or yeah, things like that. Exactly. And that's still, they're practicing communication yeah. skills. And yeah. yeah, I think that's cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. This was so much fun to talk with you about. And I really um, love talking about this kind of thing with you because it's so, I always learn new things. And I think it's, it makes it so fun to think about what kinds of invitations we can create for our kids, for like, I, I learned the invitation to play thing from you. And then I started creating an invitation to clean yes. for myself. So I would like get all my like hot water in the sink. I would pile up all my dishes in an organized manner, clean off my counters so that I have like, if I can't quite do the dishes right there, then, you know, a few minutes later I can come back and I've got an invitation to clean for myself. So I learned that inspired by you. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming and being with us today. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Um, I'm gonna make a, we're gonna make a little bonus episode also because we have another thing that we would like to share with you. But thanks for listening to this one, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope this was fun to listen to and that it will inspire you to maybe make your own invitation to play um, for your kids sometime this week. And if you do, I would love to see them. If you tag me on Instagram or um, send me a message on Facebook, it would be really fun to see what you come up with. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.